Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and pets that are important to you. Yesterday, my wife and I attended an indie author fest at our city's local library, where I had a table and sold paperback copies of my novels. As a sales incentive, my wife made these wonderful chocolate chip cookie bars to give away for free with every book purchased. The event lasted three hours, and I left with fewer books than I'd arrived with, and altogether it was a success. I'd like to thank the Nashua Public Library for hosting the event, and all those who turned up to support the authors. For newer listeners who may be unaware, I am a self-published writer with 10 novels currently available worldwide in both ebook and paperback formats via Amazon. If you don't use Amazon, you can purchase all 10 of my titles in ebook format at Google Play. Just search my last name, which is spelled M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you'll find my books on Google Play. There have never been any ads on this podcast, and there is no Patreon set up for it. If you love the show, and if you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily, and get yourself, or the reader in your life, some fine fiction, please consider purchasing any or all of my stories. If you've already purchased any or all of my novels, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. the enemy listeners this is episode 281 of the people are the enemy podcast thank you for listening thanks for checking out the show i appreciate it i don't know what else you would be doing what could be more interesting than this and what i have going on i i can't even imagine oh you marvelous marvelous lovers of the strange and unusual are you in for a treat we've got some fun fun stuff for you planned and uh, let's start with this let's start with this what tell me what you did tell me about it you did. You got hitched up. When I woke up, his morning shut have seen what I had in the bed with me. Oh dear. He jumped up out of bed. Yeah. Put his hand down his eye. Yeah. Looked at me like a guy in Canada commodity meat. Commodity meat. He said. What did it say? He said. Yeah. Then what happened? Tell me some more. Okay. All right. She said. She said. Okay. She said. Yeah, I'm waiting. <laughs> Get into it, people. <laughs> How much more of the stories there? Okay. Ooh. 
I can't tell if that's good or bad. What'd you say? Alright. I don't know where this story's going. Tell me some more, will you? Surely there's a conclusion. Okay. They were really getting going. They were really getting going. Huh? All right, burning up. Sound like this. What does it sound like? Oh. I see. She jumped out of the car. She did. Put her hand out of her eye. All right. Did you know what she tried to tell? No. What she tried to tell? Do you know what she told? Tell me what she told you. She said. Yeah. Let me guess. Oh. Thank you, Hassel Atkins. Ooh, did you like that? Wow, man, I've been listening to a lot of that these days. <laughs> you know who that is? You know Hassel Atkins? You ever hear of that guy? From West Virginia? The one-man band? Holy moly. What a wild man. Wild man! Love that. Must have heard Elvis Presley in the 50s and decided, like, I can do that. <laughs> and then did something completely different. Very, very cool. Let's call our friend here. Let's see. I, my friend Gerard has been texting me. I said, uh, I said, I'm about to record the show. Are you interested in being on it? And he said, yeah, sure. Let's, let's give Gerard a call. Let's see if he's, he's available to speak. This will <laughs> either go really well or really, be really awkward. What's up, dude? How are you? Can you hear me, Andy? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. What's you, happening? I'm just I'm, I'm recording the show, playing some music, having oh, some man. fun. What are you up to, dude? My my family, they're in Boston. You know, Kelsey lives in Boston, so David is out in California. So there's Kylie and 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 Joanne are spending some time in Boston with Kelsey. Okay. And it's the most, like, I never really feel lonely. Yeah. But I'm in this empty house and I'm like, what the, this is nuts. You're lonely. So last week I called her, right? I'm like, so she left like on a, thir like a Thursday. I called her on Friday. I'm like, I'm coming to pick you guys up. I'll just drive Kelsey back and forth. <laughs> so I just dropped him off again, right? Uh, early this morning because Kelsey had to work. You really picked them up and brought them back? Yeah, dude, I couldn't do it because you were I so do it. You were so lonely. And yeah, wow. I don't know if I would. I would call it lonely. Oh, it's just like a like an odd feeling being in the house alone. Because I have no problem being al well. I'm never really alone when I'm out backpacking. Right, I'm always with with someone. But yeah, it's like in the house. It's just like. Wow, this is strange. So I just called her, and I'm like, I dropped her off this morning, right? I called her, I'm like, what if I come pick you up tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> so they have, they're, they have to, like, call their trip short. Yeah, basically. To keep you company. Because I, yeah, because I have issues. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you're, you're a brave man to admit it. 
you know? You've got a dog. What about your dog's name is Opie? What what is uh what does Opie think of all this? He's kinda like in the same boat. He's like walking around like <laughs> Where is everybody? Like two lonely why, guys. Why is it just you over here? <laughs> <laughs> for for those listening who do not know, uh, Opie is Gerard's dog, and Opie favors Gerard's wife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just I'm just like chilling alone in the house. I just went out to Shaw's, which is a grocery store around here, and I uh, picked up a couple full packs of beer. All right. And, uh, What'd you get? What kind of beer did you get? I got Woodstock pig ear, Pig's Ear, and then I got an offering from 603 or North North uh, North Country Brewery, I believe it's called. Have you tried either of these before? I have not. I have not. You want so, you want to open one right well, now on the, the show? That's that's a lie. I have tried. I've tried the pig ears before. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'll crack one open. Hold on. If we could get the sound, that would be really great, Gerard. All right, hold on. All right. <laughs> Going to make this really good. This is exciting, Gerard. All right. You ready? Okay. All right, I got my glass. <laughs> All right, ready? I'm ready. A dramatic effect? Yes. There it is. You know what's funny, Andy? I was going to call you to see if you wanted to come over. You know what, Gerard? Every time I, I talk about alcohol, I say, the last time I had a beer was probably two summers ago, and soon it'll be three summers ago. And you know where I had the beer? At my house. At your house, yeah. Yeah. It was with you. Yeah. If I'm at somebody's house and they offer me a beer, I will absolutely drink one, but I never go out of my way to purchase it. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh... Remember that time we went on that 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 IPA kick? Like when IPAs like first time uh, becoming popular, and we we went down the street from a employer, and it was like a cigar shop, oh, yeah. sub shop, and they sold like stuff to. Didn't they like? Here's what I remember: I worked with a bunch of people there in that building. You and I worked in the same building for a time, mm-hmm. and there were some guys there that were doing the home brew thing. Yes. And they would have that stuff in their cubicles. They'd have like the, the big pots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all the weird accoutrements that went with these. And they were excited about being home home brewers. And I think they got that stuff at that same place, right? Like the yeah, little the country place store. right next door to this, this particular establishment. Yeah, oh, you're okay, right. Okay. And I remember, so we went to that place like a Friday after work during the summertime, right? And the guy... The guy's like, what are you guys looking for? And I'm like, you know, we just trying out stuff. And uh, he's like, well, here's what you sh- you can try. And here's what is like really strong. And, and I go, give us the strongest stuff. <laughs> and he did. It was something called like double utter or something like that. Yeah, it, it was, was some like kind of like malt. Something. I can't and even remember. I, I remember it had like a, a cow's udder on it. And, yes, you're and, right. And, uh, and, uh, I guess the, the unique thing about it was that it was like, like double the amount of yeast or something. I don't know what it was. Yeah. I can't remember like the details, but what I do remember is we were by the fireplace and I think we were swimming in the pool and we got 
that beer got us so drunk. <laughs> I think I still have a picture of we. It was kind of cool out, so I had come out of the pool and I was in front of the fire, and all you could see is like the steam coming off me, and I had my hands to the side, and I'm like, oh. I look back at that picture like recently. I'm like, oh my god, we were that got us really drunk. Good times. Good yeah, times. Yeah, that was it. The last time I drank was with you. Yeah. I guess you're my drinking buddy. Yeah. Because I I'm really don't drink with points. anybody else. <laughs> and we see each other so infrequently. And and for, for listeners, I'll just give listeners an idea. Ger- Gerard and I worked together for a long time. We've been friends for, well, over 20 years now. And, yeah. Uh, and Gerard is the, the type of person who, when he wants somebody there to hang out with, and you forget to forgive me, Gerard, but this is true. He'll call and say, hey, uh, can you hang out right now? And I'll say, well, I'm, I'm working on something. Uh, can you give me an hour? And he'll say, no, uh, I won't want to hang out with you in an hour. And then I'll say, okay, we'll have to do it another time. And that's usually how it goes. Yeah. Some, yeah. Friends, yeah. some friends are like that, and you have to appreciate their honesty. And here's yeah. the thing. I love Gerard. Always have. And... Mm-hmm. And... I uh, I absolutely would not want to hang out with somebody who was not interested in hanging out with me. So, <laughs> but I'm, this is this is all to say the the honesty is appreciated. Yeah, man, Ger- that's the only way to live is honest. No, right? I think so. Gerard is also if I might tell this story, Gerard, can I tell the story about you at, talking with your sister in Flight of the Concords? Oh, t- anything you want. So so Gerard is a big fan. Probably is, was a big fan of Flight of the Concords. For those in the know, it's a show about two men uh, from New Zealand who are trying to uh, be a success in New York City. It's a great, great show on HBO. It was on for two seasons years ago. And it's the one thing that Gerard and his sister had in common. And uh, Gerard, would, <laughs> Gerard would call his sister when the show was on and airing new episodes. And he'd say, hey. And she'd say, hey. And he'd say, hey, did you watch a new episode of Flight of the Concords? And she'd say no, and he'd say, okay, call me when you do, and then he'd just hang up. (laughs) Is that true? Yeah, that's, I didn't have anything else to talk about. (laughs) He doesn't waste your time. No, no, straight to the point. Yeah, the man's got time. The man's got time, and he's he's an important person, and his time is important. (laughs) I got things to do. He's got things to do. And he absolutely does. There's no word of a lie. If you went to his house, he'd show you seven projects he's working on. And you'd be impressed. He's always doing things. So to hear you call me and admit that you were... You had a bit of the the blues, it sounds like. You had a little bit of the lonelies. Yeah, dude. Like, and honestly, this this is like a new thing to me. Like, I've been here alone. Like, they've gone to Washington, D.C. and stuff. And I I think maybe it's... uh, the the AGE kicking in, you know what I mean? Oh, sure. Like, because, like, like I said, they've gone and I've never felt this way before. And I'm like, it has to do with like me getting older. Sure. That's it. That has to be it. There's no menopause, but maybe there's a manopause. Yeah. <laughs> I'm experiencing it right now. That's a terrible joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it, man. I get it. Oh. You got a beautiful family, man. I, I can yeah. absolutely understand you wanting to be around, and and I get it. You're you love nature, and you're always out it as often as you can be. When you're not working on projects, and spending time with your family, and you can get away to the uh, to the beautiful mountains of New Hampshire, which there are just 
two hours away from right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You are there, but you're not there alone. You're usually with a uh, hiking buddy. Yeah, I'm normally with my, my hiking buddy, Jim, so. Yeah. yeah. So, what's, uh, so what's the plan? So now he, the, here's Opie right now. He, he just he just made, a, made an appearance. Put Opie on the phone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Opie, get on there. <laughs> you want to say hi to Andy? <laughs> Oh man, I love having a dog, buddy. I do. You do, huh? Yeah. They're remember, I just work, man. I used... it's not it's not not all it's fun. It's, it's no. When I first got the dog, I remember calling you and be like, "I'm ready to take this dog and throw it in the garbage." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's a really good idea. Oh dear, there there are some days, and you know, like, like I think I told you, I I I I would, um, I think I must have invested maybe you know close to like over a hundred dollars in in dog beds in like the first six months that we had this dog, I'd get uh, you a new uh, dog bed. I remember that she was eating it, right? Yeah, I think what happened was I'd put her in the crate with the dog bed and then I'd, I'd leave to go to work and I'd come home and, and she'd be sitting in a, in like a, a mountain of fluff. It would look like she was on a cloud cause she did pulled everything out of it. And I'm sure it was because she was furious that she'd been left alone. You know, uh, uh, it eventually oh came to God. the point where it's like, all right, we're just going to use like an old blanket because these dog beds are expensive, and uh, she uh, she seems to be of the mind that uh, if she's not having any attention paid to her by any of her humans, yeah. then she's going to destroy these dog beds, and it just doesn't make sense to keep keep buying new ones. So yeah, we've yeah. we've been uh, using blankets. The lady at the the YMCA, believe it or not, made our dog a blanket. It's beautiful. Oh really? Yeah, it was really nice. She didn't, you know, she we just got to talking, and she said, you know, I I make quilts. I guess it's a uh-huh. quilt. And she said, I'll make one for your dog. And I wanted to say, well, it's going to be destroyed, but all right. <laughs> no. And it has been a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's still holding together. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so she appreciates it. That, that's cool that somebody did that, man. It is There's cool. There's good people out there. There absolutely is, yeah. Yeah. Well, how's your dog doing? How's Opie been? Uh, he's good, man. He's just like, he turned nine last Wednesday, and uh, he just... You know, he chills and he'll come and he, he puts his, his snout right on you and he's just like, pat me. And he won't move, you know, he's just like, and he's waiting for it. And you give him that love, he just turns on his back and falls asleep. Oh, he loves you, huh? Yeah. He's, he's but I can't like, yeah. take this guy out to like mine falls and stuff anymore. It's like, he's like, he's super aggressive towards other dogs and, uh, if somebody approaches him the wrong way, he just, you know, goes off the handle. Oh, dear. Yeah, well, probably yeah. better that he just hangs around the house then. He was always yeah, nice to our dog yeah. when we brought our dog over. He was always sweet to Lola. Yeah, yeah, he was great to her. Yeah. And he likes you, right? Yeah, he's a sweetie to me. I, I love him. I haven't seen him in a while, but yeah. Yeah. Right on. He's bit my mom. He's bit my daughter. <laughs> he's such a good dog. <laughs> Right open. Like yeah, just pat me. Keep on patting me. He's an aggressive lover. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> Have you tried the beer yet, Gerard? I did. It's pretty good, man. Right. It's pretty good. What is it called again? Pig's ear. Pig's ear. Yeah. Is that a lo- so? Is a micro brew? Uh, you you've been up to not not North Conway. Um, to Lincoln. You know that uh, Woodstock Brewery. I know Lincoln. I can't picture the the Woodstock Brewery, but I'm sure I passed it. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's a Woods, an offering by the Woodstock Brewery. It's it's been been around for quite a while. They 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 really nailed it on this particular brew. So it's a favorite of everyone's, you know. Right on. Well, like I said, I think it's coming up on two summers since I've I've hung out with you and had a had a beer. So maybe we can do that again soon once it gets warm. Is yeah, your, yeah, is we your, have to do that. Like your, I said, I was going to call you today, but now you're in the middle of recording. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good timing, Drud. I didn't have a whole lot prepared, and then uh, I said something will happen, and then yeah. I got a text from Gerard just as about as I was uh, ready to turn on the mic. Yeah, and here we go. You can this see is... that cabinet, by the way. Just call me. <laughs> I, I need that cabinet. You know, it's interesting, Gerard, and and I'll share this with the, with the listeners. Gerard is, uh, you know, he often sends me things that he's looking for. Yeah, and. Uh, It'll always be a video clip of the thing. Yeah. And what's what's most interesting is the thing will usually be in the background behind a beautiful woman. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll say, Andy, I'm looking for this cabinet. If you see it, let me know. <laughs> I'm a bargain hunter. I'm a bargain hunter. Oh, dear. <laughs> the funny thing is, me and Joanne will be listening to this uh, podcast when we go pick up Kylie. Oh, no. Am I going to get you in trouble? <laughs> She's going to be like, I didn't know you were a bargain hunter. What cabinet? <laughs> oh, man. Gerard, this has been so much fun. Thanks for talking with me, buddy. Yeah, dude. Um, when you're done recording this, maybe call me and we can uh, get together for another brew. I love it. I love it. I'm going to hand things off right now to our friend, Rachel from Des Moines. And she is going to give you the charge head. So, without any further ado, take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat for another week. Thanks to everyone who listened last week. I got some very nice comments from Sherry and learned she is also a fan of the Yacht Rock web series, as I am. And as always, thanks to Tavy and to Bob Sellers for sharing the app with your followers and your comments every week. For this week, I wanted to catch up on the 80s chart from last time because it was a 1989 one, and I know there's a few 1989 fans among the chart chatters. It's from May 6th of that year. At number 94, we have Carly Simon with her song Let the River Run. That made it to number 49. Uh, This song is from the Working Girl soundtrack, the Mike Nichols movie. I read it was the first song written, composed, and performed by one artist to win the Academy Award and Golden Globe for Best Original Song and the Grammy for Best Song Written for Motion Picture or Television. Some people had won all three awards, but they worked with another person to write the song. Uh, and Bruce Springsteen also achieved this with Streets of Philadelphia. Um, so for the music video, Carly Simon rode on the Staten Island Ferry along with uh, Joan Cusack and Melanie Griffith, as their characters do in the film. And Carly Simon re-recorded this song as an acoustic version for her 2009 album, Never Been Gone. And that's what's available on Spotify, but there's multiple available versions of Let the River Run on YouTube. And I actually like both versions. I think that acoustic one that she redid is really great. While I was researching about Carly Simon, I learned that she appeared on a Janet Jackson song called Son of a Gun from 2001 off the All For You album. And the song's full title is Son of a Gun, in parentheses, I Bet You Think This Song Is About You, so it's based off of You're So Vain. And it was kind of a moderate hit, but at a time where Janet Jackson was just really at the top of the charts, 
If you like Carly Simon or Janet Jackson, I definitely recommend checking this one out. It really surprised me. It was one of those where, you know, they, Janet called her up and, you know, was trying to get the sample, but then Carly Simon wanted to re-sing the vocals and then also ended up rapping on the song. And listen to the album version for sure. And then there's this, a remix that Missy Elliott raps on, uh, which is good too. At number 80 is a song called Who Do You Give Your Love To by Michael Morales that made it to number 15. This is the first single off his self-titled debut album and it was his biggest hit. Michael Morales is a singer from San Antonio, Texas. This one feels to me very of the time and it's like it's stuck in my subconscious since 89. Michael Morales had one other U.S. Top 40 appearance, which is a cover of The Romantics' What I Like About You that oddly enough outperformed the original which made it to number 49, and Michael's cover was number 28. At number 52 is a song called I'll Be You by The Replacements that made it to number 51. And this is the lead single from the Minneapolis band's sixth album. And this was their only appearance on the Hot 100. Wikipedia says they actually sought a hit, but it seems like they were pragmatic about the song's level of success. They weren't, you know, stuck playing it forever because it was a number one hit. And I included it because, I mean, I do like it, although it is outside of what I typically go for, but it really has that, you know, sound of what's to come for the 90s, kind of in retrospect. And I learned that the line in this song, Rebel Without a Clue, uh, that was later used, of course, by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers in Into the Great Wide Open, they had toured with The Replacements. So that's where that kind of cross-pollination happened. And the song was a number one hit on the Modern Rock and Album Rock Tracks charts. Finally from 89 is a song called Cry by the group Waterfront. That's at number 34 this week and it would make it to number 10. This is the third single from the group's self-titled debut. They were a Welsh duo composed of Phil Cilia and Chris Duffy. And they did release one other album in 2011 called Ghosts of the Good. Um, like the Michael Morales song, this one had just a good familiar feeling for me and feeling that very 1989 sound. And I learned that Cry hit number 17 in the UK and number 30 in New Zealand. For our 70s chart this week, we're in May 12th of 1973. At number 92 is a song by Martin Mull and Orchestra called Dueling Tubas. And 92 was the peak for that one. So this is obviously inspired by the Dueling Banjos song from the movie Deliverance, which had made it to number two in the spring of 73. And of course, the movie itself had been out since the summer fall of 72. So the song had been around, even though the, the single hadn't charted until the beginning of 73. Uh, this was the only Hot 100 appearance for actor and comedian Martin Mull, uh, though two of his albums made the top 200 albums chart. And I learned Martin Mull first got into the entertainment biz as a songwriter, like a legit songwriter, but he also had a music musical comedy career in the early 70s, and then he started in acting on Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman in 1976. I just thought this was a kind of a funny one. I don't think he really played the tuba. I saw a video that looked like he was air tubing, but he really was a legitimate like musician and guitarist. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know any of that. I, and I also learned that he went to school, he went to RISD for, uh, as a painter. Oh, and when I was researching uh, Martin Mull, I learned that in his uh, musical comedy career, he wrote the song, Santa Doesn't Cop Out on Dope, uh, which was later covered by Sonic Youth for some kind of Christmas compilation album. And I'd heard that title, you know, must have been when it came out in the 90s, but I really had no idea that Martin Mull had written that one. 
At number 78 is Rollover Beethoven by ELO. That made it to number 42. This was the first ELO single to chart in the U.S., and I just missed the top 40, as you heard. And the original song was written by Chuck Berry. His version made it to number 29 on the pop charts. And according to Wikipedia, uh, he was inspired by his sister, Lucy, who was always playing, using the family piano to play classical music, and he wanted to play more popular tunes. This is off of ELO's second album, and I learned that the Chicago station WLS gave it a lot of airplay for that city. And uh, the Beatles version in 1963 made it to number 68. At number 26 is a song called Steamroller Blues by Elvis Presley that made it to number 17. And this song comes from his live album, Aloha from Hawaii via Satellite. And I learned that the song was written by James Taylor, uh, quote, to mock the inauthentic blues bands of the day. And it was originally released on his 1970 album, Sweet Baby James. One reason I wanted to include this, I didn't really necessarily guess it was satirical, or so I was kind of intrigued to read that, and especially from James Taylor, of all people. I just included it mainly to show that Elvis really was still, you know, making hits. They weren't, like, you know, the very top of the charts, but he was still consistently appearing in the top 40 throughout the 70s, up until his death of 77, and it's really not what I would have guessed from kind of the image or the mythos of Elvis that, you know, if he's, like, not, and not really in a great spot when he died, but, you know, he was still... You know, successful does not necessarily have to mean you're in the top of the charts. He had his final number one in, in 1969, but many hits from 70 to 77. So turning again to the 80s, uh, we're in May 14th of 1983, and this is really a super solid chart, like all up and down the Hot 100. And it's really hard to go wrong with 1983 in general because there's so many bangers, so many well-known songs. And if you like 1983, uh, you can always tune into the BJ Big Suit Show and see see and hear songs from that era. And if you donate to the channel, you can get a special audio mix of the best of 1983, hours of listening enjoyment across multiple genres. So for our picks, I just have a couple for you. Um, at number 83 is a song called Wishing, and in parentheses, If I Had a Photograph of You and that's by A Flock of Seagulls, and that made it to number three. This was the lead single off of their second album called Listen, and at number three, it equaled the chart performance of their signature song, I Ran. Uh, in the UK, it peaked at number 10, and it was their most successful song over there, but they had many more chart appearances overall than in the US. And I read that lead singer Mike Score wrote it based on actual events of, uh, you know, with a woman in his life. I feel like for me, the album version is too long. I think the single version is a, a, a better choice. Unfortunately, it's not on Spotify. Finally, from 1983, at number 65 is a song called Why Me by Planet P. That would make it one more spot to number 64. This was the second single from the Planet P Project album. And Planet P was a side project by singer-keyboardist Tony Carey. And I read that it was he had this set aside for his more prog and new wave and sci-fi based music to be separate from more of like straight ahead rock and pop. Um, and I kind of uh, picked this one because the 1973 chart had Chris Christopherson's Why Me? And then here in 83 we have a Why Me? Uh, but it turns out that's not that huge of a coincidence because I learned there's a ton of songs that are called Why Me? Even later in 1983, Irene Cara will have a song called Why Me? You know, some may be covers of, of Chris, but still it seems like a very common phrase people want to use to title a song. And a trusted advisor told me that between the two of them, he preferred the 83 Why Me? So we went with uh, Planet P on this one. So I hope you enjoyed that. 
Well, that's all from me this week. Thanks so much for listening. Back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel. Awesome stuff as always. This has been episode 281 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Gerard. We love you. Peace.